The Roots to Rocket Science podcast is an exploration of the universe at large through the lens of two skincare entrepreneurs with vastly different backgrounds. Each week, master esthetician Natalie Novak and former Boeing engineer and literal rocket scientist Ron Webb will tackle topics from beauty and health to, well, everything else. nutritional testing on my patients, including blood, urine, saliva, stool, looking at cause of people's diseases, metabolic conditions, health issues. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. So the the reason we brought in uh, Dr. Gleason is um, we initially had worked with with you on our skincare, right? Is that how we we met? And um, what really impressed me with you was your root cause approach to medicine. Nothing impresses me, typically, ever. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. Uh, I hate to say, may I cut this out, but it's specifically doctors. Um, because they're, they go after symptoms. And with my background, um, if I just went after symptoms, I would be fired in probably a week. And um, when I see medical doctors, just you know putting out putting out symptoms and one of my analogy basically because i've turned a lot of wrenches on cars if you have a squeaky belt um, i can either look at it and say okay that belt is wearing out and replace the belt which is a root cause approach or i can look at it and literally hit it with a piece of wax and stop the squeak so a lot of doctors are getting rid of the squeaks and uh, when i when i met you you literally once I figured out what you were doing, it's like, do us too, you know, and throw us into your system. And so you looked at our blood, you looked at our stool, you looked at everything. And you looked at all the nutrients that we need, um, all of our different responses that, that, that you would need to assess who we were. And then that created a baseline for us to move forward. And to me, I was absolutely impressed because um, I'd never seen that before. And I had seen a lot of doctors in my life. And uh, I was always looking for a root cause kind of person, and I've never met one. So thank you for that. Um, And then, what, about a week ago, we started talking, and I had pulled together data on um, COVID-19 deaths per day. And I was just playing around with numbers is one of the things that I do. And I started matching up that with the ultraviolet index and noticed that the ultraviolet index was highly correlated to COVID-19 new cases. And um, I started thinking about what that meant. Like, could UV be the sole problem here? Or is there another, like a secondary effect of ultraviolet that could cause this? And we were talking, you and I were talking about that, and I was putting a theory out of vitamin D being a a potential cause. And I thought potentially that ultraviolet was a big factor and that vitamin D was a big factor. And one of the things with vitamin D is looking at people with darker skin, and you know, African-American communities being decimated, um, very high percentage of deaths in the African-American community 
versus their population percentage, um, I was like, wow, maybe this is a vitamin D issue. And then you sent me a bunch of research and that you that you've read, and and I'm like, wow. So I I believe that vitamin D is a huge factor in COVID deaths. Um, maybe not the so maybe not the spread because the spread I'm looking at is a um, that's a social distancing thing is from what I can tell, but the the mortality rate to me looks like vitamin D and that vitamin D is is a absolute staple to the to your immune system. Right. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about um, why that is? So if you had to break it down simply for the average viewer, you know, why would vitamin D play such a vital role in the immune system when traditionally people always reach for C if you have a cold or something like that? Yeah. Well, we're certainly on the same page when we talk about looking for causes. I mean, with your skincare product, you're not looking to suppress an immune reaction, yeah. um, you know, a cytokine storm in the skin. I mean, you're not yeah. looking to come up with a plant-based steroid. You're looking for what deficiency is there yeah. and meeting that deficiency and ruling out toxicities. So, yes. I mean, basic questions are, are you getting everything you need? Or are you getting some stuff you don't need? Right. And, and I like your analogy of like a car and you being a rocket scientist, um, you wouldn't say, oh, my rocket has, you know, wing-itis. And what <laughs> pill do we put in the fuel tank to fix wing-itis? Yeah. You know, but that's that's the medical model. Or do we cut the wing off, you know? Right. Um, or do we put in a synthetic wing or, you know, tr like yes. a wing transplant or something? You know, you, you try to figure out, okay, well, what about the vectors? And what is the material is it made out of? And what about the fasteners? Yes. You, know, you look at like root cause stuff. Yes. And even your analogy of the, f the fan belt. Is it wearing prematurely? Maybe it's out of alignment. Yes. That sounds a lot like chiropractic, you know? Yes. If those pulleys aren't lined up, you're gonna get premature wear, Right. you know? So instead of putting some squeaky stuff on it and yes. premature failure, you would align it and then all of a sudden, Yes. You don't have the, the issue. Yes. And that one of the things that I um, have done, I've been in a lot of failure analysis because I, I've done a lot of developmental engineering and physics. And um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tools that you would use with respect to, to get to root cause in, from my arena. And I became a root cause expert. And one of the tools that is very easy to understand is five whys. So you would look at a problem and you would continually ask five times. And if you, as long as you don't repeat the same answer, you should get to root cause in five whys. And statistically, you ought to be able to get there. But you can fool yourself doing that too. And I won't get into the whole detail of, of but you can literally, you could ask, like when we were talking about the, um, the fan belt, you took it, I, I, I took it to a, um, a worn fan belt and you took it like, well, why is that fan belt worn? Could it be a misalignment? Could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be, you know, it could be a pulley that's, yeah, that's too much tension, not, not tension. Yeah, it could be too much friction. And then, then you look at it and you go, well, why is there too much friction? 
And then you'd say, well, why is that? And you get to root cause. And so that's what we do with respect to skincare. And I know that's what you do with respect to, to medicine. And I'm, you know, being a root cause guy, I'm just absolutely drawn to what you do. Um, and back to that question, you know, looking, looking at the vitamin D. So I, I look at, I look at vitamin D is okay. So first of all, where would I get sources of vitamin D? So there's, there's plants, um, and a mushroom would probably be the biggest one for vitamin D that I know of, and and, and you may know others. Um, there's animals, typically the fats and fish. Um, and then we start looking at um, um, supplementing sources. So there's fortified foods. So there's you know milks and cereals and those types of things. There's supplementation, which would just be taking a vitamin D um, pill. And then the last one is um, ultraviolet radiation and your, your body taking a cholesterol and turning that into vitamin D, vitamin D3. So with respect to vitamin D3, that vitamin D3 isn't even an active form of vitamin D. It's got to be metabolized into your liver. Mm -hmm. And that takes it... Um, there's a hydroxyl process there, which is adding an OH to it. Um, there's an enzyme in your liver that does that. And then that's still not even an active version of vitamin D. Um, it has to be go through your, it has to go through your, um, your kidney to be hydroxylated one more time. Um, and then you have an active form of vitamin D. And don't you need K1 for your body to assimilate it better as well? Well, K, K and D kind of, in some ways balance each other or yes. oppose each other. Mm. Yes. So then your body does, you know, the, the normal vitamin D function outside of your immune system is regulation of um, calcium and phosphorus or phosphate. Okay. And then it, so there's that going on and it actually is, you know, your bones are a storage facility for calcium and it can extract that can, it can help metabolize through your kidneys and a whole bunch of other weird things. Uh, we won't go into too much depth on that. But um, and then you look at vitamin D and your immune system, and that's where things get really interesting. So from what I can tell in vitamin B, vitamin D and the immune system, look, looking at the studies, um, first of all, it plays a vital role with a, a white blood cell. And the white blood cell has a vitamin D receptor, and also a white blood cell has a would have a receptor for a COVID nineteen virus, so it can grab that virus and hang on to it. And what the vitamin D does is take that white blood cell and turn on it turns on some specific proteins, and one of those proteins, um, since the COVID nineteen um, um, virus, it, it actually has a, a membrane on the outside of it. One of those proteins actually will dissolve that membrane in, in, and, and now it's susceptible to be digested by a white blood cell. Mm -hmm. um, so it is an active part of our, our immune response um, to COVID-19, which after reading that study, 
I was like, the writings, it, 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 it's so obvious to me that vitamin D plays a massive role in this. Um, I, I, I was stunned when you, you sent me these things and I'm like, this is what's going on. And then there's other proteins. So another protein actually calls in more white blood cells. And then in addition to that, um, it's, you know, a lot of people in, in when they're the, the deaths, a, a high percentage of the deaths from what my understanding, and you can help me out with this, is that mortality rate has to do with a cytokine, cytokine release and a cytokine storm. So basically it's, a, it's an immune response that is driving um, inflammation in, in your organs and your lungs, and more specifically your heart and your lungs, and people are dying from that cytokine storm. So vitamin D takes, there's, there's, a, there's a branch in your, in your uh, uh, immune system where if, you're, if you don't have proper vitamin Ds, from what I understand is your, your immune system creates an inflammatory response. And if you've got enough vitamin D, it, it creates it, a B cell, T cell response, which is not an inflammatory response. And the T cells are the fighters that go off and destroy um, pathogens. And the B cells are the chemists going out and, and playing around with, their, with the chemistry of, the, of the, uh, the pathogen and dissolving it and destroying it that way. Would you say that's similar to an autoimmune response? Well, yeah, the cytokine response is to me that's that that's that immune system actually taking over, and it gets out of control, and it starts attacking your body. So it's it's like an autoimmune response. You're saying that Yeah, I mean, without T, I mean, you have different types of T cells. Killer T cells, you know, that are like the saber tooth tiger. Yes. That will kill cancer. It will kill viruses. It's it has this incredible capacity. Yes. And then you have the T-Rex, the ones, they're kind of like the, um, um, like Henry Kissinger, you know, they're like, calms things down and says, it isn't really that big a problem, you don't really need to attack that. Mm -hmm. That's actually you, you know, like, you know, you're making a mistake here. You know, you're you're shooting your own, you know, your yeah. own warriors. Friendly fire. Right, exactly. And yeah. so, so, it's really interesting because D D works kind of on both those. It, it helps rev the immune system up and attack appropriately and early enough in the process yes. before the virus replicates too much. And then it realizes, okay, that's enough guys, stop. And the T regs chill it down. Yes. But without D, a lot of times both those things happen. Your immune system doesn't attack soon enough when the viral load is low. And then when that you have this raging conflagration, you don't have the ability to put on the brakes. Yes. So D is kind of working in multiple ways on the immune system. Yes. Okay, so let's talk in layman's terms for a minute because obviously everybody's scared of COVID and vitamin D is very important, but I think people want to take more vitamin D than they necessarily need. And I know that like the old dietary, you know, 
requirement is different than what they're noticing now because it seems like there's better reports now where mm -hmm. we can actually because it's oil is it oil soluble so mm -hmm. our it's body water soluble. Okay. Oil soluble. Okay. so it takes longer for our body to get rid of it right so if we're loading up like for me i've been taking fifteen thousand units okay. a day but is that too much or do you think that's okay or well you get kind of to my mantra test no guess you know, if you're not testing, you're guessing, yeah. if you're making these yeah. assumptions. And so, but there are some guidelines and fat-soluble vitamins in general have been pilloried as being dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I always like to look at relative risk, you know, so, you know, people are covering in their houses, you know, young people, you know, there's been what, less than a thousand people under the age of 25 who died from this. Yeah. All these 25 year olds who don't think anything about drinking, driving, riding motorcycles, all those things that are really risky. Right. And and they, but people, when they go into fear, they don't really, they can't internalize the relative risk. So the risk is really low to begin with. Mm -hmm. And that applies to how you dose vitamin D. The only vitamin where anybody's really like died of or had serious issues is vitamin A, and it takes like people stranded in the Arctic eating caribou liver that has a million units per pound, and that's the only thing they can eat. I mean, it's, it takes this really bizarre set of circumstances mm -hmm. before yeah. anybody gets hurt, and very few people have ever been hurt by vitamin D, and and it, even if they do, even if they have some side effects, they're almost always reversible by stopping. Sure. And I mean, recent studies show you can have levels up to 200 um, and with no, with no side effects. Yeah. And they use, you know, massive doses in certain conditions like, like you with autoimmunity, mm -hmm. um, you may need 15,000. And the other thing Ron was referring to, I thought was really, I really like how you put it. Those conversions in the liver and the kidneys require enzymes. And the enzymes are called metalloenzymes. They require metals, they require nutrients for them to work, and primarily magnesium and zinc. And so studies are showing one of the ways you can get your vitamin D levels up by as much as 60% increased mm -hmm. absorption is to take it with magnesium. That's right, yeah. I did read that too. So there's that, and so if we're being like scientific, we're measuring D, K, zinc, magnesium, calcium mm -hmm. and and we're measuring these things in the red blood cell so conventional testing where they measure sodium potassium magnesium calcium those things they're measuring what's in the serum your blood is made of that watery stuff the serum and the and the cells you know the vast majority of red blood cells so if you want a biopsy level if you want to know what's really going on inside your cells you measure rbc levels okay whereas you won't find these deficiencies, these mineral deficiencies in serum levels. Your body will steal it from every place else. Like a great example, you mentioned your, your bones as being a source of calcium. Regularly, I see people with significantly osteopenia and osteoporosis. They'll have normal serum calcium. Because their body, if, if their serum calcium, your body controls serum calcium so tightly, because if not, your heart stops, you go into spasms, you go into total tetany. Mm -hmm. And so your body will completely erode your 
your skeletal system to keep you alive, to keep your heart beating. And they will, I mean, they don't test your serum calcium to determine osteoporosis, right? They do the DEXA scan. Mm -hmm. Even that is a little sketchy. All those DEXA machines were provided by the makers of bisphosphonates, given free to these clinics to promote their, you know, Fosamax and and then because it was so disastrous on the GI system, now they have these injectable and these shots that last a 10 year half life. Screw up how your bones are like remodeling themselves. Yeah. That's one of the things people don't consider is the secondary tertiary effects of right. what they're doing. And, and getting back to Natalie's question about how safe is it, it's incredibly safe, yeah. even in high doses. That's I mean, I, I think if you're taking high doses, it does make sense to um, to test. I agree, absolutely. And one of the one of the authors I was reading recently was suggesting, if you suspect you are infected, to do like a one-time dose of two hundred fifty thousand, and oh, wow. and they have they have data that shows how quickly that will get your levels up, like in a matter of five days. You can go from low twenties up into the high forties yeah. for that. So if you're say say you're low like under normal range and you contact COVID, you're saying you could take two hundred and fifty thousand milligrams of it one time to boost the levels because I've read that it's very difficult to raise your vitamin D levels. It's it, it just takes a while. I yeah. Guess. And it takes a while. I mean it takes forever if you only take the four hundred units that you're yeah. I mean, even I think 10 years ago, that whoever was the regulating agency saying, well, if you're old, maybe you take 800 units. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll never, you'll never get there. I've tested hundreds of people's vitamin D sure, yeah. and supplemented them with B to see what it takes. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the only people I've ever seen who have normal D levels without supplementing are these people who are sun worshipers. Yeah. And they go to the tanning bed all year round. They come in, you can see them from across the street, there's no problem. Well, you mentioned that you have to, to get enough vitamin D from the sun, didn't you say that you have to literally be naked and you have to be out there at noon and for how many hours? I mean, who, who can do that? <laughs> you know? Some people do. <laughs> well, yeah, there's news camps and all, but, but I mean, during, during the middle part of the day, you know, like without daylight savings time, 10 to 2, this time of year, with a significant amount of your body exposed, you can get equivalent of like twenty-five thousand units. So you can you can get a lot, provided you have good sebum, full of cholesterol. Mm-hmm. You're not on cholesterol-lowering drugs. Right. Oh, that is That's a factor. Good. That's and, a good and point. You, and you do see. I I'm always concerned when I see people's blood cholesterol is low because they're sick. Yeah. They're like have cancer or something. I. When I see that, I really delve deeply into what's going on with them because that's really an issue. Literally, the higher your vitamin D, or excuse me, the higher your your cholesterol, the longer your life expectancy, which is completely against this whole industry of statins that that lower it artificially. So the UV hits hits the sebum that's on our skin. It's in the outer layers. And then it takes some time to absorb it like 24 hours or more. So sun worshipers, they go in, body wash, soap. Mm. They lose a lot of it immediately. They don't give it time to absorb. So no shower then. 
Right. I mean, you can shower, but don't use soap. Right. You know, because don't break it down that lipid layer. Yeah. I mean, the water will take off your sodium and sweat and excess bacteria and stuff like that, but it won't take off the oil. So it's actually what vitamin, what ultraviolet does is actually taking that cholesterol and turning it into vitamin D. Okay, wow. And, it's, and it takes time. So if you, if you are washing that cholesterol off, um, it's not a good idea. So that's why the vast majority of people I ever have ever tested are low in D unless they're taking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody needs it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was it? I was reading. There's a Mercola study that was looking at the child, children, yeah. like Caucasian children, ca Caucasian adults. Um, it was like 90 and 95% deficient or something like that. Well, mm -hmm. you have it right there. Yeah. <clears throat> adults, this is from the CDC. Yeah. You know, a very conservative very thing. Yeah. Adults, 13% have adequate, and adequate, I think they're saying, is 30 and we recommend 60 to 100. Yes. But 13% had adequate, 87% not. And kids, it was only 5% had adequate. Yes. Yeah, and what is it, how about, uh, doesn't it go into African-American? Yeah, it was yeah. It was even, I, I don't think I have that here, but okay. um, it was it was even worse with African-Americans. Yeah, so look, if you guys have darker skin, I don't care if you're a Caucasian person with darker skin, if you are an African-American, Hispanic, Indian, um, pay attention. You're need, you need you guys need to supplement vitamin D. The other interesting thing that I believe is um, last winter we started off this COVID nineteen in uh, coronavirus with uh, zero cases. This winter, when we get into a lower UV index and our vitamin Ds drop, we will have probably well over two million people. Because right now we've got what a, a million and a half active cases in in the U.S. Right, and if this thing is doubling somewhere around 10, 10 days. In fifty days, um, we will have over a million people per day being infected, which is nowhere like the sixty thousand that we got yesterday. Um, well, I think I think an interesting point in that too is that that's based on projections and the limited data that we have yeah. uh, because testing is so behind here comparative well, to there's other, that. other countries and, as well. And that is assuming we don't intervene mm -hmm. with what's going on. If we do intervene, we can slow this curve. If we start mm -hmm. saying, look, mandatory masks, those types of things, it could slow the curve. Mm -hmm. But right now it's been turned into politics. Right. We've got a, you know, we've got a, a one side of the world says don't wear a mask, everything's safe, everything's fine. The other side says, hey, you need to be cautious. We need to be cautious, guys. This is this is serious. We are literally about to jump into a, a, a more dangerous round here where where ultraviolet gets low. No one's talking about vitamin D, and we're gonna have probably over 2 million cases when we will go into the winter. So it's not going to be starting from zero. And what did we go in last winter? We went from zero to a million, something right. like that. So if you went from zero to a million, where does a couple million get to you and get, get you in the next, in the in second round of this. And that's what happened in the, now I have no idea about the Spanish flu, 
whether or not that was a vitamin D issue also, but I'm sure we, there's probably some data out there. But the millions of people that died in the Spanish flu was the second round um, because they already had a stronger base. Yeah, and interestingly too, it was it coincided with the, the de-escalation the, uh, of, of taking the social distancing aspect of it then seriously, saying, ah, things are fine now, the summer, everybody go back out and mingle, and then boom, cases spiked massively. We are gonna repeat history potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not to devil's advocate, but ultimately these, either the viruses mutate and become less damaging I'm, or and or humans figure it out, yes. our immune systems figure it out. Yeah. And it is, it, it is, I mean, your immune system's working on it right now, as is mine, yeah. even though we've kept our six, six foot distance yes. here. We've exchanged multiple viruses. Yes. And 99.9% of those viruses are friendly, no problem. Our immune systems are using them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're rewiring the code in our gut. Yes. There's all this stuff going on. Yes. And so a, a more hopeful look is that either the virus realizes it doesn't want to kill all its hosts and changes, and or we, I mean, this this is where the herd thing makes sense to yes. me. I don't really believe in the herd thing when it comes to vaccines because you still see outbreaks in right. people who in populations that are ninety nine point nine percent vaccinated. Yes. So I don't I don't think I don't think it really applies when when used that way. But I'm trying to be optimistic, and particularly if they would follow these guidelines on vitamin D that yes. are coming out of this research out of Europe. We we could for literally a few dollars a person optimize everybody's vitamin D, right? And we could potentially stop or significantly slow it for yes. a fraction of the money we spent on oh outfitting one of these converting Cobo mm-hmm. Hall or yeah. you know the McCormick Center into you know acute care things, right? So are there other supplements uh, that could be important? Right? Obviously, like zinc and vitamin C, I've heard, but. Like, what would be the ideal supplementation that somebody should take on a daily basis as far as, like, you know, protecting themselves from COVID? Well, in testing, you know, hundreds, probably thousands of people, we have what we call our Fab Five. And this is for people who we can't test. You know, we've seen this. They don't have the money. Mm -hmm. For a reason, they don't. Almost everybody needs fish oil. You know, fish oil, the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio is almost the root of all evil when it comes to controlling inflammation. Right. The standard American diet's really high in sixes, mm-hmm. promoting inflammation, which is triggering the cytokine storm. Omega-3s diminish inflammation. Yes. So taking fish oil, you know, a couple thousand milligrams a day is a very reasonable amount. Get a good source, you know, make sure it's distilled so it doesn't have mercury and PCBs and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So one is fish oil. Okay. Two is D. Almost everybody yeah. we see needs D. Yeah. And we know for D to work, you need magnesium. And the number one deficiency we see in excess of 85% of the people we see are magnesium deficient. Yeah. Yeah. Glyphosate on our crops, you know, mm-hmm. uh, monocropping, all sorts of things that depleted our ability to, to get magnesium out right. of our food. Most people could use a probiotic, mm-hmm. you know, because we're exposed to all these antimicrobials. And now everybody's everywhere you go is hand sanitizers. Yeah. And, and 
the overuse of antibiotics and raising animals and then treating everybody with a runny nose, um, our, our effectiveness of antibiotics is down. And a lot of that is because it's disrupting our gut flora. So we have people rotate a series of different probiotics because there are hundreds of different bugs in there. Right. So let's get a variety in. Yeah. And then a general good quality multivitamin. So that's kind of the fab five. Okay. Now, when you're looking at COVID or any virus, yeah. you certainly want to make sure you have adequate vitamin C. Mm-hmm. And C is at lower doses is, is antioxidant and at high doses is pro-oxidant. Mm-hmm. And so one of the treatments they're using in hospitals for um, COVID is intravenous vitamin C. And it's used widely for certain cancers and certain mm-hmm. infections. And when it's high dose, your immune system uses it like a death ray as a pro-oxidizer. So it, it blasts stuff. Realize that triggers the cytokine storm too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but C, uh, on a regular basis, you know, modest doses in, in you know, one or 2,000 milligrams. But if you're coming down with something liposomal C, you will get equivalent blood levels to IV. So the liposomal C, like a thousand milligrams, is equal to 10,000 IV. So again, if you feel like you're coming down with something, dose up on the liposomal. I also heard that curcumin can be good for the lungs if you do have COVID. Curcumin, there are a number of anti-inflammatory herbs out there. Curcumin, boswellia, which is a biblical frankincense. Mm-hmm. Um, rosemary is great. Willow bark is nature's own aspirin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there's a whole group of them. Yeah. Um, and your skincare too. I know. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Your and your skincare product. Absolutely. And we use formulas just like you use formulas. You know, because different mm-hmm. blends kind of seem to work better with different people. Right. So yeah, anti-inflammatories. Um, there's so much out there about um, hydroxychloroquine that the studies that have disproved it have been used on people who are already on vents. And so 80% of them are dying. In fact, they're, they're not putting people on vents as early as they were because they realized there was a, a downside to that. Mm-hmm. And what it does, it's a anti-malaria drug, but um, it's used widely. There was a, a doctor on the radio talking about this who um, treats or, or is responsible for sending doctors into the tropics to treat Ebola and those kind of things. And they regularly pre-treat these doctors and medical personnel with it because it's useful in a wide range of things. The way it works is it puts zinc into the cell. It's very hard to get zinc into the cell. Mm -hmm. But there's some amazing nutrients that do the same thing, quercetin being one. So, you know, quercetin is a a flavonoid, which is in the vitamin C realm in, in nature. And so it's it's also one of those things I was thinking about with Autumn, yeah. trying to get zinc into her skin because yes. we know she even had it low in her whole blood, zinc and copper both. Yes. Not not that we we didn't just check serum with that. So quercetin flavonoid sort of things work like hydroxychloroquine to get the zinc in, and zinc inside the cell works great on these viruses, these COVID viruses. So, so 
you know, zinc, magnesium, vitamin D, you know, quercetin might be something to add. Um, those are some of the, the most important ones, like you said, anti-inflammatory herbs. And do you sell all those at your practice? Oh, yeah. Because okay. I've never heard of quercetin. Oh, quercetin? Yeah. Um, I mean, you've heard about flavonoids. Yes. Yeah. So it's, um, we use it actually a lot for allergies. Oh, wow. The formula of quercetin and metals is great for seasonal allergies. Sounds like it would be great. Cool. So they can buy their supplements from you first. Oh, of course. At the yeah. Gleason Center, right? <laughs> In Spring Lake? Of course. You should tell us your address and all that stuff too, all the information. Okay. And we can, can we tag uh, Justin? Um, can we put, um, if they want to contact Dr. Gleason, they can get that, we can mention that here as well. Mm -hmm. I can actually put it on, we can have it put on the video right when we're talking right uh, now. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever okay, you want. Great. Yeah, so you can just yeah. put it up in a technical Good. fashion. That'd be great. So if you're interested, um, I'm certainly impressed uh, with, with what Dr. Gleason does. Uh, he wouldn't be here if, if uh, mm -hmm. If I wasn't, and uh, I'm sure vice versa. Uh, it was an interesting story. We, we, after you got to know our skincare a little bit, and then we kind of tipped our hand, which we don't typically do in here. I'm going to tell everybody about it, but we can make people lose weight and a little bit of fat. And um, so you selected a candidate, which is a friend of yours, um, and wanted to get rid of some fat on his body, and we tried it out. And uh, much to my surprise, you brought your uh, your own tape measure <laughs> and your own calipers, and uh, I, I now he's like, "What's going on?" I said, "That's exactly what I would have done," <laughs> and uh, it's like, "Yeah, there's not going to be snake oil salesman here," but it was it was really fun to see that you were you were interested in you know getting past the smoke and figuring out what's really going on. Was fun to do, and that was that was neat to uh, to see you you do that, and and we passed the test too, which was good too. <laughs> if you're not measuring something, you're not being scientific. Absolutely. That's a fact. And the whole scientific thing, you know, when they say it's subtle science, yeah, that's an oxymoron. Science yeah. is never subtle. Yeah. They they'll say that about vaccines, you know, it's subtle science. Mm -hmm. They still need to be questioned. Do they really work? Are they really safe? Yeah. We need to keep asking that question. For sure. And that um, I know that uh, I was reading one study. I'll have to look it up again. But they, it was a va vaccine that they did not go through all the human trials on. And the mortality rate of the people that took the vaccine was 25%. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if we don't go through if, if we end up releasing a vaccine and hurrying up, if we hurry up a vaccine in this instance, um, it could backfire. Oh, yeah. To kind of wrap this up, we're, you know, I think vitamin D is absolutely important to, to our immune system. Um, if we don't do something about this um, and, and try and be more proactive, we could really be in trouble here, not just as a, an individual, but potentially as a nation. I'm hoping, like you say, this is a, there's, there are some studies out there and I need to look, I need to read more on the potential variants of, of COVID that could actually um, um, correlate to the lower metabol mortality rate. 
Um, so I'd, I'd like to get some of that information out there too, if I could find it. And, um, but one thing we do know is if you take vitamin D, it's going to fortify your, your uh, immune system. Um, the worst thing that can happen from that is if you took vitamin D, which is not a big deal.